E-N-F-R. BostonFreeRadio.com Thank you so much for coming by and talking to us here at the Guaucast here on Boston Free Radio. Thank you for having me, first of all. Pleasure to be back here. As always, um, like you were talking about earlier, I worked mm-hmm. here during my senior year of high school, which feels like another lifetime ago at this point. But yeah, a lot of roots here, so it's always good to come home. Well, welcome back. Thank you. Um, what brings me here today, man? Well, if we're going to start with the literal, I came in a few weeks ago. Nice. And we did a we did an, an interview mainly talking about my music, and it was really cool that we we were able to connect. Exactly, and um, we talked for a while. Studio about Labs happen. Yeah, Studio Lab. Thank studio you. Lab. Thank you. And we talked about making this happen, so I'm happy we were able to make that happen so fast, and we could chop it up. But yeah, like starting with you know the the bad news, so we can get towards yeah, some more exactly. interesting news. Um, yeah, rest in peace, Mac Miller, man. It's still really hard. Yeah. I shed a few tears today, and I very seldom cry about things. But Mac Miller is kind of like the older brother of a high school homie mm-hmm. that you always felt like you knew. You never really knew them, but you felt like you knew them really well just because they were so genuine. And Mac was just one of those rare lights in music where he was just always so positive and himself. And he put on for so many big names um, like Vince Staples, Chance the Rapper. I mean, the like the list is pretty long, but he brought so many people on their first tours, and they're huge now. So beyond his own artistic ability, he just knew how to bring people up with him, and that's really rare. And he was 26 years old, so I'm just like very taken aback by how early and suddenly we lost him. So I'm just thankful that he gave us so many memories, starting from way back in high school. Up until now, he just put out one of the best albums of the year, Swimming. I've been listening to it religiously since it came out. So now to be listening to it from like the posthumous standpoint is just very bizarre. But yeah, just trying to like keep that light going in whatever I and we are doing moving forward. Yeah, most certainly. I just, I'm just starting to think that there's a, there's a different sort of crisis when it comes to us losing rappers, especially now when it comes to either... Um, some sort of overdose, mental health, suicide. Um, some aspects are familiar, like with uh, Ex Tentacion's uh, murder in Florida. Yeah. So, um, what is the state of just like you know rapper security <laughs> now in hip hop? Because it's so rare to uh, say that you know we're we're having these conversations again when it comes to the death of these rappers. You know, Mac Miller's in this case may have been an apparent overdose, uh, according to recent That's what things. It was. Yeah. Um, seem to be yeah. yeah and he touches on like aspects of mental health in the past yeah you know? it does and I know that like him and Cuddy has been Mobile like uh, trailblazers in that regard they have yeah do you see like resurgence and perhaps like uh, some sort of self-preservation in rappers nowadays or are we going through the uh, um, 
the growing pains of such a resurgence or, or, or a growing pains towards that self-betterment? I think, yeah, I think that there's kind of a correlation between the two, definitely. I think generally there has been some self-preservation. I think rappers are being smarter about how they go about their careers and their everyday lives and who they're connecting with. I mean, it's always going to be true that you are nothing but a reflection of who you're surrounded by. Um, but then you also see that uptick in, in drug abuse and even the violence. The violence is more surprising to me but because there's been a huge spike in recent years in, you know, in drug abuse, specifically opioids. And Mac Miller had been, like you said, pretty open about his struggle with that in the past. And it's really sad because, you know, it's a huge lesson to learn. So the timing of this is even more unfortunate because he had just um, broken up with his girlfriend, Ariana Grande, a few months ago. And that had taken a huge toll on him. And then when I heard swimming, I was like, oh, he's in a much better place now. Like he seems to be moving on from the breakup. He's, you know, building a new foundation for himself mentally. And then when you listen back to the album now, there are a lot more flags that you don't, you weren't going to see until he's passed away. And that's such a shame that that's how it is. And it really goes a long way to tell you like, just because someone's popping, just because someone's on, doesn't have anything to do with how they're feeling inside. And Mac Miller was positive even when he was down. And so that just comes to show, like, you have to check in with your people way more often. It's really sad. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And also, uh, I think what underlies a lot of this is the recent, uh, for instance, uh, Jeffrey Owens, of the Cosby show, that actor, he was basically labor shamed for working at a Trader Joe's in like, I think it was like in Clifford, New Jersey. You have, you know, a lot of mental health triggers come about from something exactly like that. People are completely worried about the way that social media compounds certain self-perceptions. The reason why I bring him up and the reason why that seems like worlds apart is because the thing that connects them is the fact that visibility isn't always solvency. In the way that, you know, you have an actor who would work in the industry for so long, but, you know, when he's in his 40s, you know, and he's not getting exactly the type of work he would like, and he has the aspects to be choosy, it makes sense that he would want to just work nearby, pick up some shifts that actually pay some pretty good benefits while he's actually being able to, like, discern certain projects that he would like to work with. It makes complete sense to, for me as someone who's uh, artistically, you know, in, in pursuit of my own work. I try to make sure that everything that I do is in support of like my, you know, my creative projects. And I think that now when it comes to 24 hour social media, it's especially the case that, you know, if you're not, what you, if fame is not what it used to be and we're constantly being like surveilled by our own fans and our own peers for our own, like, you know, social purposes at what point, like what's a breaking point? <laughs> do you mm -hmm. think there's a breaking point? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I absolutely think there's a breaking point. But what's even more dangerous about it is that there's never necessarily some clear indicator when that breaking point has happened. And yeah, I think that that's another huge piece of it. It's so toxic how much dependency there is on social media. But what complicates it even more is that I understand it because there's so much power and so much influence behind that in being able to stay connected with your friends and, and your fans 24-7, uh, like you said. That's a lot of power and honestly also a lot of responsibility if you're trying to build a platform, if you're trying to build a brand, trying to figure out 
you know, what you're about can get really confused with what you think you should be about, if that makes sense. Like what you're hoping that your fans are looking for um, versus what you're looking for. And that can be really blinding and misleading for oneself. And there's definitely a problem with people being addicted to social media. I mean, I spend too much time on on my social media, absolutely. And I'm conscious of it and I want to cut down. Um, but it's not as easy when we have just these powerful tiny computers in the palm of our hands and that's exactly what they are they're just like super computers and the thing i mean i know me in particular like i i definitely uh use social media a lot to like push the the podcast use to push a lot of work and also just like you know sometimes it's good just to put on just so your family feels like really good about the fact that your kid is doing that their kid is doing well or something like i get it and i use facebook just to essentially tell you know my mom and just the rest of my family just to show them that i'm still alive up here yeah for sure anyways How do you think social media has changed hip hop for mm-hmm. the rappers? In, in my personal opinion, I think that we now have a more entrepreneurial hip hop that allows for direct engagement with fans, and with that, the ability to circumvent what used to be like barriers of entry. But now we have artists that can actually cultivate the very fan base that is necessary to be solvent and you know um, lasting. And I think that that's exciting. Right. Exactly. So. As toxic as social media can prove to be, the other side of that is what you just said. There is such a huge element of entrepreneurship now that was impossible before because, I mean, to be fair, an iPhone or or an Android phones can be expensive too. But once you have that phone, even if you have just an iPod, you can connect with anyone in the world and anyone can stay up to date with what you're doing. And so that's a power that's never existed before when Instagram was created, I think in 09 or 2010. Like that is a crazy platform that you can use now. And, and if you can utilize it properly, you know, stay genuine about your vision and, and what you want people to take away from your vision and your art. Um, there's nothing like it and it's really encouraging knowing that there's full power to the people now in terms of the artistry and right you can kind of go around that whole industry pitfall because it's so hard to really get picked up um, nowadays and that's another thing that that I feel slightly conflicted about is because while you have all that power now there's it's a much bigger ocean now there's a lot more fish in the sea and I think overall that's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. I think overall it's a really good thing. But then it's also a lot harder when anybody is hopping on a mic. It can be a lot harder to fish out who's really trying to be an authentic soul through their art versus who's hopping on that wave and trying to get some clout. And that's another complication with the social medias. Um, just seeing like what are people doing it for? What's their motivation? What do they stand for? I think it can be hard sometimes to 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 decipher um, what exactly it is. But in the at the end of the day, I am really thankful that we all of us as artists have that freedom to do and say what we want, and anyone who, who can get behind that can. I, in particular, just love the amount of free speech that is afforded to me. Uh, having family, <laughs> yeah. uh, having family that was born in Paraguay and Argentina, 
for a large amount of time there was like a dictatorship that they would uh, clamp down on free speech and they would do the same sort of revisionist history that is seized upon nowadays. In fact, it was it's now being compounded and invaded via the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other like devices that are now kind of scary to see fully realized with some sort of predictive analytics, surveillance technology and stuff like that. It's, it's a fascinating topic to talk about. It's a topic I'd love to talk with you after we get back with some more music and some promos from Boston Free Radio. Yep. Uh, I'm actually going to play a song that's actually from our guest here, Jerome B. This song is uh, Omi Tuto. Yes, sir. From uh, his album, Nunu. Enjoy. <laughs> We are back at Boston Free Radio. This is the Guaucast. So, Jerome, uh, MGK shot back at M. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, man, the rap uh, devil uh, coming in hot, coming in hard. Yeah, it's a really, really tough place to be because, you know, by principle, if someone comes at you, you have to respond. And so, right off the bat, I just give him props for even having the, so the many guts. Props. So many props. Yeah, you, you can't hate on that. He bars. Has, he he has a lot of with bars. He did. He has a lot of guts for coming back at, like, the one person besides Kendrick that you're never supposed to, like, diss. And and he did his thing. Like, I can't he, stop. I can't look away. Yeah, like, like, he had, no, he actually had, like, a lot of good punchlines and Every points. line. Every line was, like, a nick and a cut. I just feel bad because... He also gave Eminem way too much to work with. Exactly. <laughs> like if at this point Eminem's actually waited too long to respond. I mean, he's he just gonna wait another six years, right? Right. Another, exactly. Like another said, six years and like another secret album. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's a, that's another thing. Eminem doesn't ever have to respond to it, which is kind of an annoying double standard. Well, that's the thing. Um, I think that. He, in some ways, is in this weird in-between state between act like OG and current artist. Mm-hmm. And there's always that sort of divide. You know, it's the reason why Definitely. Joe Budden is in Muddy Waters right now, because he's now a commentator. He's a former rapper, but yet a cur- a, a, an individual who's in these blurred lines between OG and current artist yeah. is chiming in with digs at him, yeah, even though he critic. since moved beyond and started his podcast on Spotify. He was previously involved with like uh, academics uh, over in complex yeah, and complex stuff. Show, yeah. yeah. So I think, I mean, it's just a, it's just a new time. It's it just a new, a new time. time. And then you have, you know, M coming at all these rappers. It's so what a, what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. It really is though. And there were moments in the album, to be honest, I actually didn't even listen to the entire album, so please take all of this with a grain of salt. But there were definitely moments I heard in that album that sounded more like vintage Eminem, which was refreshing because he's in his what he's like in his mid forties now or like exactly. early forties. The album before that I thought was cringe as hell. Like I couldn't yeah. do it. I don't think Eminem on trap beats generally is a good recipe. No. But he did his thing. And I want him to respond to MGK so we can keep the beef going. Me too. But at the same time, I think that he said his piece and then he's just going to go back to what MGK alluded to, which is that he, he's starting to be like Dre in that regard. Yeah, he is. He yeah. Is. It's, uh, you know, that's, um, that's when you post up. I mean, I, I dig that sort of, but at the same time, I like when, when, you know, when, when artists chime in, uh, when, right. when they advance the culture in some way. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it, it's kind of an honor almost if he disses, if someone like Eminem disses you. Mm-hmm. Like there's a video of MGK celebrating and he was, he was popping champagne. Well, because the exposure. The yeah, yeah the, exposure. the exposure. It's And yeah, it it's, goes along the same lines as exposure, but that's just the confirmation that you are known. Exactly. If Eminem knows who you are, then you're doing something right. Exactly. Regardless exactly. of what it is you're doing. I mean, Eminem calling Tyler the Creator, it was weird and mm-hmm. really outdated and immature yeah. and silly. Yeah. I can't get behind that. Back in like the late 90s, you know, you had Glad coming after him. Mm-hmm. We're in a whole new era where like you have people starting families and stuff. So even like that right. joke is potentially perilous due to just children being around and seeing their parents being mm-hmm. like, Miss potentially misdirected for like a hateful attack. Yeah. So it's kind of you know it's it's weird. It's just when you see these you know as I said he's he's in these blurred lines. He's he's an OG but he's also like a current artist. He chimes in and he's still coming in with some of that cringe. Mm-hmm. He he, I, I think that like he doesn't realize that the musical landscape has like shifted beneath his feet and for a lot of people. Right. So like people expect a lot a, a sort of different musical quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whether it be, you know, the refinement of its studio production, but also just like some sort of thoughtfulness. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely can't lose sight of that. And I mean, I guess it's a little redundant to say, but Eminem is one of the best of all time. All time. Yeah. He, no he's he's definitely he top 10. And we were, I talked about it while we were bumping earlier to Jay-Z's in the same exact category. Like yeah. Yeah. I think generally four, four, four was dope. But besides that, generally speaking, I want to say, the Jay-Z and Eminem have done their part and mm-hmm. no matter what they do really from here on out, they've already cemented their spot. As exactly. Goals. So props to them. And I, and, and I do uh, appreciate that we're in the age that uh, rappers are multifaceted. Mm-hmm. They're multilateral. Mm-hmm. And I love that, you know, Hove is now like phenomenal entrepreneur. I love that. Yeah, you know, he is. I love that he's delving in. He's been doing this project like the Carters with, uh, with, with, uh, Beyonce. I really enjoy just every sort of OG right like like Nas right now is like an entrepreneur as well. Nas man, shout out Nas. Yeah, shout Nas. out yeah, gotta shout out to Nas here. Yeah. Damn. really bumped that Kanye Nas collab album no me once. neither I no I'm still I'm still waiting for I'm still waiting but, for the Nas album to come but you know he dropped one of the best probably top five hip-hop albums ever when he was 18 yeah so <laughs> or 19 18 or 19 so you know like shout out Nas shout know. out yeah and just, can't just say a word story, about Nas uh, his storytelling ability yeah you can't talk shit I'm in I'm entranced <laughs> Yeah, there's no way you can shake off his like ability to draw you in. But you know, what do you think about Hove starting off his career sampling a Nas track? That's crazy, and right? It's so crazy how that began, you know. And eventually he chimed in and he references like, "Yeah, you made it a hot line. I made it a hot song." Insane. And that's what ultimately that's what art, all art is, you know. As authentic as you are, no art is 100% original because you're always being influenced and inspired by what's come before you. And so 
that's a little closer to home, you know, like exactly. sampling another dude straight out of New York City, kind of around the same era, in the same era. And then it's even funnier when you tie in the beef that they had with Ether. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. The takeover. So, yeah, sampling's a, sampling's a funny thing, and it's complicated when you're trying to get all that streaming. It's also funny seeing the full circle when you see Kanye help produce the tracks which yeah. went after Nas and now Full Circle now Nas is uh, producing tracks with Ye yeah it's, and then when you also add in the whole um, you know disillusionment between Kanye and Jay-Z um, where mm-hmm. they kind of fell out where they used to be boys and now yeah. Kanye is working super closely with Nas mm-hmm. I won't say that was intentional because everyone want to work with Nas but exactly it's just funny to think about and I also think that for the Wyoming sessions, it's just, why Nas? I mean, I appreciate it, but yeah, why Nas? It is and, o- and also, why subject Nas to, like, a break a breakout session? Yeah, 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 <laughs> to, definitely. Rather than allowing him to really engage fully with, like, a creative mindset. I, I understand that Nas was willing to collaborate, because it's a very interesting pitch. We're going to make, uh, I believe it was, what, like, seven songs. It's seven songs, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're only going to make seven songs, and it's on us to really convey the full scope of this message with seven songs. Mm-hmm. I can I can hear Nas be like, okay, fuck yeah, I'm down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. absolutely. Oh, yeah, Nas is kind of capable of whatever he wants. Can you, He can act really well, too. Yeah. And, yeah, and he's, like you said, he's getting his entrepreneurship game on now. And I love so it. So he's showing all these younger cats, you know, how to go about their business once they're a little older. Yeah, and the thing involved. And and the thing about some of the rappers now is that they have their, a lot of them are the masters of their own enterprise now. You know, Chance yeah. definitely went off. I know that Gambino showed him that he needed his own business manager and that basically just to put on for himself rather than uh, get representation that ultimately wants to drive up a scale that may be unsustainable for what they're, you know, for the level that they're at in their career. You know, if you're really young, you're trying to, like, build up a fan base. You know, it's best to just, you know, try to accommodate the fan base you have, and then eventually as they grow and grow and grow, you can then really build up a far more sustainable fan base that actually, you know, unlike the Barb's with Nicki's album recently, will actually support you. Oh, God. And uh, Nicki Minaj, had to throw that bro. in there. I don't get her. You don't get her? I get it. Oh, well, I get it. I and get I, it. yeah, yeah, I get it and I get her. I just don't get, I mean, again, I guess I do get it. But Astro World, in my opinion, is the best album of the year. I'm, and I'm, a lot I'm glad people, you brought that up because a, I'll, I will fight anybody. Astro World is so good. Yeah, and I've actually been surprised. Like some homies who I have vibed with musically generally. And I know that they have good taste in music. They'll be like, yo, I completely missed it. Like, it just didn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm very supportive of of anyone's taste in music. Like, I have an eclectic taste, you know, so I get it. But this album is just sonically so sexy, so pleasing, yeah. so, so hard. And premeditated. And, and you not know. premeditated. He took his time with it. He always takes his time when he's working on his projects. And so it's just hilarious that Nikki was so felt salty enough to the point that she had to try to put down a far superior album just because. I mean, I can't fault her because she's had multiple missteps with this release. 
Yeah. You know, she had that track. Uh, she had Fifi with. Uh, oh I know, and that's the thing, though. Like, Bruh. you know, and she, you know, what's so funny? She, she was a, uh, you know, ripping on Travis for for you know doing some sort of packaging but she was also the one who threw in that last single into the album mm. so you know you know every person's gonna do what they need to do to roll out the album they have yeah, obligations you they you have gotta get your yeah. bag bro like, you gotta get it you gotta get your coin the fact that he's now in a different realm of celebrity but he yes. but, uh, but at the same time like you know astro world didn't happen because of kylie jenner astro world took place in his youth he's been working on this for yeah. some time and i just love the i just love that he was able to bring out the best in drake drake was able to bring out the mm -hmm. best in travis when it came to uh sicko mode mm -hmm. these tracks are phenomenal and they're beat switches and the fact that some of them even have like a three uh a three-act structure and it's fascinating to see the extent in you know the entire world that he created, the range of emotions, the way such a range, and, and he properly demonstrates how to use your guest artists. I, right, that's I appreciate I that about him. One of the biggest reflections of how good an artist is is how well they're able to utilize others, yeah. the people that they ask to work with them. And going back to Mac Miller, R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. Mac Miller. On his album, The Divine Feminine, the album before this most recent album, Swimming, this man had Kendrick Lamar on a feature, and Kendrick did not spit a single bar. Oh, yeah, Mac I know the Miller one you're talking about. It was very brought sexy. Kendrick on yeah. a song to sing a hook. Yeah. And, like, if you have if you have the peace of mind to bring the best rapper in the world, yeah. and in my opinion, the best of all time, and not even have him rap, that reflects so so positively on you for not just trying to milk that out of them instead yeah. of being like, yo, like I recognize you as a well-rounded artist and not just someone who raps. And so again, going yeah, going back to Travis, like he just is so good at, at picking and choosing who to to bring onto the onto the set and when. And I, you know, you just got to appreciate that. Drake was like a light, <laughs> like, like a, a light. light. <laughs> At first, I hated it, but then I get it. Oh, it's just God. like it's so simple. It's so it's such a good turn up line. Like you know, you just need it. It's Travis Scott. You're not gonna listen to Travis Scott for lyricism. Well, well, but not only that, he's telling a story. Mm -hmm. So the same way that you know, I mean, I hate uh, just just I always use these examples. People think I'm elevating these artists, but like you know, people listen to American Idiot, and they can and they delight in Dude, the transitions. Incredible album, it, 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 exactly. And there are incredible. these transitions that are narrative based, the same way a musical is, and that's the thing. Many people tend to just conflate these releases with the individuals themselves because there's a these are individual these are releases these these are records that are meant yeah. to convey something there's a artistic intention with it and in many ways it undermines that sort of rollout but what's beautiful is the fact that Travis is trying to incorporate the fact that he had you know a drake like character kind of like this sort of like um, ringmaster in, in the beginning of the song, mm -hmm. like, you know, narrate the beginning of it. Tra you know, S Travis comes in hot. Very hot. Spitting so, dude, that, that, that was a, that was, those verses, those, that was, those verses, those bars, those lyrics, that, that, that bump. Mm -hmm. It was strong. Mm -hmm. So fire. Make this here with all the ice on in the booth. At the gate outside, when they pull up, they give me loose. Yeah, jump out, boys. That's Nike boys hopping our coast. This shit way too big. When we pull up, give me the loot. Dude, yeah, exactly. It's it's hard to. Yeah, I love Travis. Yeah. He's like, 
He's a peak rager. <laughs> nice. Peak rager. I put Uzi pretty close. Uzi, little Uzi vert. In terms of the raging. I don't even bump Uzi like religiously, but you can't ever be foolish enough not to recognize the talent and the the energy. It's all about energy. Yeah. I mean, I, all of it. I mean, I agree with, I believe, I believe, uh, Damn, I'm blanking on the artist's name, but I've made in. Oh, made in Tokyo. Made in Tokyo he keeps out the K. Yeah. Okay. Made in Tokyo. He made in Tokyo said it best. When you wake up, they hate. So it's <laughs> so it's best to just proceed and get on, get your money, do you, do you as best as you can. Yeah. And just you know, do your best to just be a good person while just shining. And that's all I can say to my listeners. Mm -hmm. uh, Jerome B., I'd like to thank you for coming on the show. Word. This is amazing. We're coming towards the end thank of the you hour. So and uh, yeah. Oh, man. So much fun. You are you can come on anytime. Yep. Uh, we are here, yeah. Boss Free Radio, Saturdays from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. I'm going to leave you off with a nice promo, and then we're going to get back to one more track. Stay tuned for What's the Word here on Boston Free Radio. This episode was recorded at Boston Free Radio at the Somerville Media Center at Union Square. If you'd like to hear the hip-hop music that we're playing on our program, tune in on Boston Free Radio, Saturdays from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. You can listen to the music live on Boston Free Radio. If you are unable to do so, don't fret. We have our Spotify playlist shown early on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash GS Hamlin for your Guaucast needs. Come on in and check out our Patreon.